0: and welcome to In Touch with Tennessee, a podcast of the University of Tennessee Institute for Public Service. Today's guest is Tim Waldo, workforce consultant with our Center for Industrial Services. Welcome, Tim.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: So tell us about your role with the Center for Industrial Services.
1: Well, as the workforce consultant, I focus on helping manufacturers with their internal efforts to find, train, and retain people. It gives me an opportunity to combine my 17 years of manufacturing experience and my 10 years of uh, workforce development experience. So that's how I help.
0: Great, great. So the great resignation, we've all heard of it. What does this mean?
1: It sort of sounds like everybody just quit and went home and started writing their novel or playing with the grandkids, playing golf, but that's really not what's happening. It's it's also been called the great realignment, the great reshuffling, or the great labor reset, amongst other things. It really just means that Tennesseans are taking this opportunity to reposition themselves in a market that's uh, pretty dynamic right now. They look for better opportunities, higher wages, and very importantly, how they fit within the organizations that they choose to work with. I've heard it referred to as the great upgrade, and I like that phrase. It's a little more positive image, so I prefer that one.
0: Right. So these employees who have resigned to to find greener pastures, if you will, have they found greener pastures, or are they just treading water at the moment?
1: I think some of them may have found greener pastures, a lot, I would say. there's some that found that the grass wasn't that green on the other side, and they may have some regrets about leaving. But I think that stands true even if it weren't for this current market. Sometimes when we make a change, it's not exactly what we had thought it would be. But in this case, in many instances, what's happening is workers are taking the opportunity to upgrade themselves and, and leave one industry for another, And it's giving them opportunities to grow and expand their capabilities and capacities. And and, uh, I think that's a good thing.
0: So how was all of this affected by the COVID-19 pandemic? Was that the starting moment?
1: I think it was. And, And after everybody was quarantined for a while, I think the big element that came into play was time. People had time to think about various parts of their lives and as the career aspirations and their goals. I gave them an opportunity to to realign some priorities and bring some things into a much clearer focus. I think, you know, technology was already changing how we work, and the pandemic accelerated this trend dramatically and opened up some new formats. You have hybrid work uh, models and completely remote work models, and so yeah, it was that was a a contribution. There's also some hesitant entrepreneurs. Discovered new motivations for starting all kinds of new businesses. But there were a great deal of of factors that converged to create those conditions for this change that we're experiencing.
0: What does this seismic shift mean for the workforce overall? Well, I think it
1: means that, you know, we've discovered that workers have different priorities now. It's not just about money. Sometimes it's more about life balance. It's about opportunities and growth. There's new possibilities for work, and there's new possibilities for training. As I said, folks are changing industries, so people who could never imagine themselves being in a technical field are leaving maybe a service sector of some sort to go into a more technical field. There's a, an expression called new collar jobs, where it gives people an opportunity to do on-the-job training and get very specific training that they, they wouldn't have gotten an opportunity to do otherwise. And it doesn't require a degree, so it's it's much quicker to get to a level of proficiency and being able to perform the work and it's a continuing growth pattern for them. So I think that's it, it's really helped to shift in the mindset of the workforce. There's also some change from the employer side because they've had to adjust as well what are they requiring from workers and, and what they are willing to change about their own operations in order to accommodate some of these desires from the workforce.
0: Do you see employers, I mean, what are some of the things that they are doing to retain these employees who may be looking elsewhere?
1: Well, I think they're trying to figure out the flex time. How do they help their workers achieve that balance that they're looking for? Some industries have a little more flexibility in that than others, oddly enough, but there are some that are trying also to help with development. What can we do to help people develop professionally and personally? I think that's been a a big part of it. I think one of the bigger changes that has happened is employers are listening more intently to what workers are saying and trying to adjust some things that may have been set in stone before are now up for negotiation, I think, in some cases. So yeah, I think those are some of the, the changes that employers are trying to make.
0: So what is the downside, if there is one, for employees who chose to leave their jobs for something better?
1: Well, it's always good for people to make healthy adjustments. You know, having a better life, uh, work-life balance is always good with less stress, and, and it benefits people on several levels of their personal lives. The downside, in some cases, is the realization that the grass wasn't as green as they thought it would be on the side. So they do have those regrets, and some industries did well during the pandemic, only to experience some real challenges when we we came out of the pandemic or are coming out and returning to some degree of normalcy there are some examples of companies that um, are not doing so well after the fact so if people made a shift to that industry now they may be experiencing some turmoil
0: we've talked about this a little bit but with some of the things that employers can focus on right now um, you mentioned remote work of course we all went remote whether we wanted to or not two years ago And I know a lot of employees have wanted to continue that status. Mm -hmm. Several years ago, we actually saw Yahoo bring its remote employees back. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was before any of us knew of a pandemic. Do you think that shift will happen or do you think we'll continue to work remotely and continue a hybrid workplace?
1: In in this case, I, I think we'll settle into some patterns that work for different companies and different employees and some that work for others. I think employees thought it was going to be a grand thing to be able to work from home all the time, only to find out that it's good to get out of the home every now and again and go back to the office and, you know, reacquaint yourself with your friends and, and relationships there, but also just to have a change of scenery. So I think there's some some changes that will continue to happen until we find the model that works best. And, and what I'm really encouraged by is that there is enough flexibility to where it's not one-size-fits-all, we can do a, a little bit of the hybrid if we need to and, and adjust as seasons change or opportunities come. I think that flexibility is going to be paramount for a, a lot of companies and for a lot of employees.
0: Going back to your work with the Center for Industrial Services, tell us how you can help employers deal with this great change in, in the workforce and be able to retain employees and and find good employees to start with. We focus
1: on the internal workforce system, what we call the people development systems within the organization, and we try to look for opportunities to improve that. There are so many things in the market, so many dynamics that happen that are beyond the control of employers. There are so many things you can't do anything about. What you can do something about are the systems that you use to find, train, and retain people. And these systems are basically the way you recruit, the way you train, onboarding, retention and performance management. What we do is try to make those systems visible and the connections between those five functional areas and then we start to look for ways to improve. It it's continuous improvement for the people development system. You know, we we try to find opportunities for the employer to look at three things particularly: the data that they use to measure performance, the tools that they're using in each of these five areas, and then the leadership, because those three things empower the people development system. If those three things are brought into visibility and we start to make adjustments and modifications on how well they're functioning, the whole system itself can improve. So we f- we focus on just the people development system within the internal organization and how it affects the other organizational systems and let the workforce system as a whole do what it does. In the state of Tennessee, we're blessed to have a really good workforce development system across the state. And so we want to focus on what the employer is doing in-house.
0: Well, thanks for joining us today, Tim. And thank you for joining us, listeners. We will be back next month to take a look at some of the uh, additional work conducted by the Institute for Public Service's six agencies.
1: Thanks for letting me be here.